Abel Fragoso, Homebridge Mortgage. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you, sir? Fine and dandy. Hello, world. This is John Pinto, your roving realtor, bon vivant, video blogger, podcaster, here with Abel Fragoso talking about qualifying under post-COVID guidelines. Now, to tell you the truth, Abel, I have no idea what pre-COVID guidelines are, post-COVID guidelines, but it seems like a question to ask on this June 15th, 2021, when we are going maskless, is there any kind of a transformation taking place in post-COVID-19 underwriting? Absolutely. And I got to be honest with you, with the whole concept of the economy opening up and going maskless, the, the, the confidence level that we're seeing in these investors that provide the capital for people to purchase homes is becoming greater and greater uh, as we continue to move forward in battling this pandemic. Because I got to tell you, before the, the COVID pandemic, um, we didn't have to verify uh, a borrower's employment two days before we closed the transaction. You know, we verified it once. We just assumed they were employed and we went on. Once COVID hit, now we're looking at guidelines tightening up super tough. And then you throw on top of that the verification of employment that is done every 10 days in the process and even two to three days prior to the loan closing to make sure that this buyer was employed and wasn't affected by the COVID displacements and unemployment and, and everything that went on. So, you know, now that we're starting to see that uh, COVID is, 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 is battling downward, um, you know, some of these guidelines are beginning to loosen up. And one of the biggest ones that we just recently, as of today, um, government loans are going to be able to go down as low as 580 credit score. And we haven't had that since prior to the pandemic, where we did have a 580. Once the pandemic hit, the credit score minimum on any product would, was 620. So, you know, giving us that opportunity to cast a wider net for clients that maybe have had a little bit of a difficulty with their credit, with making payments, but now they're back working, they're on track, you know, and they, they suffered a little, little bit on their credit, uh, even if the credit score is below 620, we'll be able to help these borrowers. Holy Toledo. Abel, that was a lot to get out with taking a breath. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you feeling a little lightheaded? I was going to say, I'm starting to turn a little blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a couple of uh, top of mind items here. Uh, number one, it sounds like uh, you and I need to reach out to our realtor and consumer clients and let them know good news. You may not have qualified a couple of months ago, but you qualify now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Now, yep. now also, I'm going to climb down a, a, a different kind of a rabbit hole. And, and that is the verification of employment. Is that what you call it still? Yes, that is exactly what we call it. A VOE. A we VOE. Okay. There's a lot of our acronyms. Okay, good, good. So I'm going to uh, refer you to what one of my Pintoisms. 
you know, my Pintoisms are all steeped in my Brooklyn roots and my Neapolitan roots from my father's family in Naples. And uh, do you understand what the pay no mind list is, Abel? Pay no mindless. The pay no mindless. Let me explain. Let me explain. Please, please. Let me explain. Let me say. Okay. If you're in Brooklyn and my family and friends like you, uh, they are going to give you a difficult time and tease you forever uh, and nonstop if they like you. If they don't like you, you're on a, you're a pane of glass and you're on the pay no mind list. Okay. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. Okay. I get people all the time, you know, because I teach people all the time. And and I get, I tell them, you have to understand, you, you have two choices. You could get teased incessantly, or you can be on the pay no mind list. And they say, <laughs> is there a third, is there a third option? And I go, no, there is no third option. And they say, well, I definitely don't want to be on the pay no mind list. So no have out. So have at it. So here goes. So here goes as I go a far, a far afield on the pay no mind list, how often are you on the pay no mind list percentage wise when you're sending out these verifications of employment to the employers? 25%. I, you know, it, 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 that is that is a really really good question because I, I only must, have good questions. Yeah, so when are you going to learn this? <laughs> I, I I am I am going to tell you that probably one of the most critical pieces of the pillars that we talk about is income. You know, as well as credit, like we did on our yeah. previous podcast. But income is is probably, uh, if not the most important pillar, um, because seventy percent of the denials that occur in this industry are due to debt to income ratios because people either didn't understand how their income is qualified under certain guidelines that are agency driven where if you're in commission you're in bonus you're hourly your salary that all is 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 identified through the VOE, the verification of okay. employment. Okay, and I'm and I'm going to take your answer as saying, ultimately, John, we have zero lender uh, employers that put us on the pay no mind list because unless they give us that verification of employment, the loan is not going to fund. It, that's exactly right. But but let me let me put a, a, a but to that is that a lot of employers either shuffle it to the side because they're either too busy or they decide not to fill it out because it's information. For instance, police departments will not provide us that information. Any mm -hmm. police officer that I've ever worked with and we sent a VOE, they reject it. We don't give out information like that. Okay. But then you have your other companies that will immediately fill them out and send it to us. So to the point of where that degree of differences have created a problem for the lending industry, we've created what is called a website called At Work. And all these um, companies that participate in this website will automatically give us date of start date, um, you know, how long they've been there, if their salary, if they have uh, overtime, if they have commissions. And we tend to go to that site 
if the information for that client is not in there because they work for a company that maybe is too small or, or whatever the case may be, then we have to send out the VOE. And in, in, in good luck, we'll get it in a timely manner. If we don't, then we really start getting the employee, the employee involved in getting us that VOE. Okay, so two things. Number one, please email me or text me the, that website. So mm -hmm. I could take a look at it because that sounds like a, uh, a podcast all by itself. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. And, and then I'm thinking the, the accurate question that I'm trying to ask you is what percentage of requests for the uh, verification of employment are like pulling teeth? It's a pretty high percentage. It really is. Over 50. Uh, Over 50. Yes, absolutely. Over 50. Uh, to the point where, like I said, we need to get the buyer, borrower, to go to their HR department and say, yeah. look, I'm buying a house. You need to fill this out, please, because it's really critical to my process. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I'll use this uh, example uh, just, you know, I'm an instructor at heart. Uh, but it's a good example of the four quadrants. Uh, important, urgent, unimportant, unurgent. Uh, for an HR department, filling out a uh, verification of employment is definitely not important to them. It's not even urgent to them, uh -huh. but it's urgent to you and it's important to you and it's urgent to the client and it's important to the client. Uh, so it's kind of a disconnect on how important it is to you and your client and how unimportant it is to the uh, HR department. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, getting back to the task at hand, qualifying under post-COVID-19 guidelines, uh, dropping the minimum uh, FICO score, credit score, to 580 is a big deal. I'm going to think that that is probably good for arbitrarily, maybe if you take 100% of the people in your pipeline that haven't mm -hmm. bought a house, that's probably going to cover at least 10, maybe 20% of the people and flip, in, flip them into qualifiable buyers. Would you say that's about right? I think so. I, you know, I haven't looked at the data, but I, I, I would say that's an accurate statement. That's significant. You know, yeah. like, our, like our chef client. Right, right. Yeah, that, it's like good news, chef. You can buy a house right now. Mm -hmm. Good. So we'll talk about that uh, later on. Okay, so there, are there any other uh, concrete uh, changes in qualifying under post-COVID-19 guidelines, of which, you know, uh, the credit and FICO scores going down to 580 is a big one all by itself. Are there any other blockbuster changes that we need to address? Well, you know, the one thing I do want to leave with that whole concept of dropping the FICO score is that you are going to pay a premium for having a FICO score that low. And so it so, is It is still uh, value-based, uh, based upon credit reports. Absolutely. Because he, the, the way the industry nowadays prices their loans are based on what is called risk-based pricing. So the higher the risk, the higher the interest rate. And when you're looking strictly at the FICO, the higher the FICO, the better the interest rate. The lower the FICO, the worse the interest rate. So I just want to make sure that the listeners understand that that's fantastic news, but by the same token, don't think you're going to be getting that 2.5% 30-year fix with a 580 FICO. 
Right. And I will refer our listeners to a podcast we did called Niche Loan Products, which basically addresses different pricing for different circumstances. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, that's a, a big headline, uh, changing the uh, minimum rate uh, to 580. And, you know, if you were in a position to buy a house a year ago uh, and uh, they had dropped the FICO scores a year ago, um, your house would have been worth 20% more yeah. that you bought a year ago. And two years ago, it would be worth 40% more. So the incremental difference in uh, the premium that you're paying uh, to get a loan with uh, a previously unacceptable FICO score uh, is marginal compared to getting it to the house, especially if you can swing an attractive deal. Absolutely. And, and again, I'm not talking about because you have a 580 FICO, your credit score, your, your credit score of 580 is going to yield a 12% interest rate. That's not the case. You know, we're, we're talking about someone that has a 740 FICO plus and has good assets, good income. You know, they're going to get that two and a half, that two and three yeah. quarter interest rate. The ones that have the 580, they're probably looking at three and a half, maybe a little under 4%. And that's where that comes into play. And your point about the equity that these people would have built, regardless if they had a 4% interest rate, is, is insignificant to what gains in their wealth they'll make because of the increase in values. And I will uh, remind you, uh, I have referred to this, I haven't emphasized it, uh, but I was actually selling real estate, selling houses in the early 80s when the interest rates were 18%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would tell the clients, the depressed purchase price you're getting for this property is permanent. You will take advantage of that forever. The interest and the loan are temporary. You will refinance that soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and if you remember, John, during that era, we were looking at 19% inflation. Um, yeah. And right now, you know, 2% and, and people are saying, ouch, but, you know, we are going to start seeing inflation uh, driving rates here in the near future. So not to the 18% that, you know, was in the 80s, but, you know, we are going to start bottoming out where we were at the last year, you know, the two and a half, the 2% interest rate, going to start seeing more like three and three and a half. That's right. That's right. I remember back in the early 80s when little baby Abel was making loans. He had the, <laughs> had the little spit curl in his hair, the little bow. Uh, and he the was little going, pacifier. That's right. <laughs> Sign here, mister. Sign here, mister. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, that's great. I, can't, I, I can't unsee that, Abel. <laughs> yes. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, very good. Uh, qualifying under post-COVID-19. That, that is really great news that uh, people with a FICO score as low as 580 can now become uh, active participants. And, and I will uh, remind people that historically, uh, inventory, uh, listing inventory increases in the summertime and buyers get distracted with uh, weddings, graduations, 4th of July barbecues, vacations. So if you are someone who is now qualified that wasn't, uh, the summer is a good time to uh, call Abel and get uh, 
pre-approved and see if you can slip into home ownership. Fantastic. Yes. Okay. Very good. Well, Abel, uh, thank you for that uh, newsflash. That was uh, very good. And uh, uh, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. And uh, we will check in with you on our next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you.